we didn't know anything about how to run conferences and it worked out pretty well. We figured out that maybe a full stack conference would be like more interesting to many people. We're looking to throw a conference that inspires people other than just lecturing them, which is what we think makes a conference valuable. And yeah, I just find way easier to work with Vue than React or Angular. I mean, all of them are good frameworks, but I really like that Vue is just like HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. I mean, it's easier to, to start working with it, and it's really easy to develop things fast, and it scales well. Hey, this is Brian, and you're listening to Jamstack Radio, a bi-weekly series where we discuss the Jamstack, a new way of building websites and apps that are fast, secure, and simple to work with. Jamstack Radio is brought to you by Heavybit, a program dedicated to helping startups take their developer products to market. For more information, visit heavybit.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. Welcome to another installment of Jamstack Radio. On the line, we've got Nuria. Hey, Nuria. Hi, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you. And also, Josep as well. And I hope I got that. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Brian. Yeah, yeah. So thanks for, very much for both of you calling in for, all the way from Barcelona or close by. Maybe you're in the neighborhood outside. Who doesn't matter? We're not trying to geolocate you. But you both work at the same company, uh, which is Codegram. And I'm super happy with Codegram because I've been working with you for, I guess, eight months now, maybe a little longer than that, just for stuff with GitHub. But um, Codegram maintains a static site generator called Gridsome. So I wanted to talk about that, but who wants to give the introduction to what Codegram is? And then we can sort of jump into the code itself. Yeah, so Codegram, we are an end-to-end uh, digital agency. We are three founders, one of which uh, it's me, actually. Right now I'm head of engineering uh, for a 27-people company, so we've grown a little bit on the last eight years, nine years. Yeah. Oh, wow. But yeah, the company is probably 10 years. The first year was, was just messing around. So <laughs> yeah, eight real years. Yeah, I, th- I think it's similar to like uh, GitHub has like a, a one not real year <laughs> where they were just sort of tinkering around with the idea and then finally created the uh, the actual proper company. Uh, but anybody can go back and look at GitHub and look at that story somewhere. I'm not sure where that lives. But I'm curious, um, our relationship started uh, from Fullstack Fest, which Codegram actually runs as well. So I guess what's the, Joseph, you, you were in the background a lot helping out with that event. What's the sort of purpose of it and like why Fullstack Fest? Yeah, the story is that uh, we started as a Ruby shop. And I mean, we were, we were going to many conferences back then and we, we thought that maybe in Barcelona we would have the interest. So we just did one. We didn't know anything about how to run conferences and it worked out pretty well. And over the years, we as a company, we became more interested in like many other technologies. So eventually we figured out, after passing by um, a small conference called Futures.js, we figured out that maybe a full stack conference would be like more interesting to many people. And yeah, this year, unfortunately, we're not going to have one for obvious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> but our goal has been for the last, I think, four years, we have... We had like, no, three, three full success editions of four, four of them, sorry, already. And we have been focused on providing inspiration for all kinds of developers, more than actual knowledge. I mean, we're looking to throw a conference that inspires people other than just lecturing them, which is what we think makes a conference valuable. Yeah, I would, I would say like the content was exceptional. Like the speakers that you brought out to Barcelona was great. Like you had Node team members uh, or TC39 members. Sarah Drasner was there as well, talking about mm-hmm. uh, a lot of animation awesomeness. Uh, 
and even uh, Angie Jones talking about automation too. That that talk kind of blew me away on sort of like all the stuff I don't do properly, which was an excellent talk. So even though you're not having a conference this year, everybody can go back and look at the videos uh, on YouTube. I highly recommend. Uh, so Nuria, you're um, I, I guess your title is senior engineer within Codegram. Is that correct? I'm a tech lead, actually. Tech lead. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I, I started as a senior engineer like two years ago. But yeah, since uh, earlier this year, I, I got promoted to tech lead. Awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so speaking of tech leadership, my interactions, you've been working on a project for us, um, which was built in Vue.js, and it was powered by a static site generator called Gridsum. Are you able to provide some context around like why Vue and also why why build your own framework around a JavaScript framework that already exists or a library? I don't know if you want to split it down the middle like that, but go ahead. Okay. Well, just to mention, I think earlier you you said that we were maintainers of Gridsum. We are not. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make that clear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have um, contributed, but yeah, we are not the the maintainers. Gotcha. Yeah, I guess I just assumed because you you introduced me to Gridsum, so I had. Well, yeah, we really like it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, even better. Yeah. So, Coldgram started working with you when I entered the company because I was such a fan of it, and yeah, I just find way easier to work with Vue than React or Angular. I mean, all of them are good frameworks on their own things, but I really like that Vue is just like HTML, CSS, and, and JavaScript. And you, yeah, you need to learn a, a bit how the framework works. But for me, it's easier than understanding like JSX or TypeScript and all the. I mean, it's easier to to start working with it, and it's it's really easy to develop uh, things fast, and it scales well. And also, uh, Vue offers all the state management, routing, and, and all that as part of its core libraries. Yeah. So it's all really tied together. Unlike maybe. React that you need to use like third-party solutions that sometimes they don't work that well together, especially when there's a, a version switch. Yeah, I think the biggest one that I can think of with the version switch is the React router and the React router DOM and mm. trying to figure out yeah. which and when and how to migrate it. I know we've sort of figured it out in like the later versions and how to do that properly, but that's always been a point of contention for me when it comes to upgrading my projects. But I'm right there with you. When it comes to picking up a solution and having all of the opinions done for you, which you had mentioned, Josep, you started as a Ruby shop. Did you also do a lot of Rails stuff and Sinatra as well? Yeah, of course. I mean, back there, you couldn't even distinguish both. You know, it was difficult even for me at the very beginning. You know, where, where, where does uh, Rails end? Yeah, so I could see the the attraction to having those opinions coming from like a view or even Gridsum, because like with Rails, you don't need to know how networking works. Like you can get something done pretty quickly like you don't have to know like the ins and outs even today of accessibility because it's built in with the framework and you sort of get that for free so it sounds like with gridsum you get some pretty cool things out of the box too as well the project that we worked together on was the githubhackathon.com uh, this project was powered by gridsum and the nice part about it is that like i didn't have to write all the code for it <laughs> uh, and like for me i had never worked on any sort of production level view code i worked on one prior view project but it was a lot of boilerplate that was already given to me by the time I, I started touching it. So like navigating it was very limited. Like the UI itself was done. So like I never touched the UI. <laughs> it just happened to have view there. I just had to learn how to get the front end to run with Rails. And that was all I did. So 
this project, the hackathon, I was actually able to manipulate it and change things and update copy with pretty low effort. Like I didn't have to sort of try to figure it out. So uh, I'm curious of maybe Nira, if you want to talk about how the project was structured and so how we sort of powered it by actions and how you made those decisions to basically check all the boxes for us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was really fun working on the hackathon. So yeah, the project was built with Gridsome, that is a like a static site generator built with Vue. It's sort of like um, Gatsby, like Gatsby from React. It's like the, the same thing. You have that GraphQL data layer, then your data can come from files or from external APIs or have a CMS. And yeah, it works pretty much the, the same. I mean, I guess people are more familiar with Gatsby. So yeah, what we did is we wanted the hackathon to be a, a static site because they are fast and CEO friendly and everything. So all the submissions that people sent to the hackathon were actually JSON files that were stored in the repository. And Gridsome gathered all these files and using this uh, data layer was deployed statically every time that a new submission was added. And the cool thing is that the submissions were actually, when a user submitted an, an action, filled the form and, and hit the submit button, this triggered a GitHub action a workflow that added that, this JSON file to the repository. So the, the GitHub Actions hackathon was built with GitHub Actions on the sort of backend, and that was a nice touch, even though the repository was private and people couldn't see, but it, it was <laughs> really nice doing that. And yeah, it also has the good points that when um, a submission was added, a pull request was opened, and then we had a series of other workflows that validated this action, like that it had a YAML file, that it had a license, stuff like that. And then you from the GitHub side, we're able to review these submissions as a pull request, as, as you do with code. So everything was like really developer friendly. And the, the Gridsome was yeah, really easy to work with. I think you, you found that all the, I mean, the components are really easy to manage because of the HTML and, and CSS and everything. It's clear. Yeah, and it also gives you like the name base type routing as well out of the box. Yeah. Which was exceptional, like because the, the site itself was pretty like forward thinking, but also like the structure wasn't too crazy. Like there was a login, there was a submission form, there was like a sort of like thanks for your submission page. So like all that being sort of based on the names of the routing was super easy for me to sort of navigate and make changes. Some of the changes like actually I I want to talk about this too as well. Uh, your experience with GitHub Actions because like I don't think maybe CodeGram had much experience of Actions prior to that. Was that correct? Not much. Well, we did the typical things like lint, a lint action for your pull requests yeah. and the deploy actions. But yeah, that was the project that we really used. Uh, we pushed the limits of what you can do with GitHub Actions. That was that was fun. Yeah, you, you definitely did. Uh, <laughs> and like going back to that one thing that we, we had shipped a feature for Actions. Uh, I don't know if you realize this during the process of us thinking about the project and me pitching the original idea of leveraging actions to power the action hackathon, which was repository dispatch, uh, which is the way that we ended up leveraging serverless functions. So to be able to submit the form or even like submit the form, but also confirm login through the GitHub token and make sure that was secure. That was not a feature we had uh, like even months prior to that event. (laughs) Uh, It was actually shipped within like the idea phase of the event, which was kind of clutch when you started to think about it because we were able to 
talk to the serverless function. And then when the serverless function confirmed the identity of the person or confirmed and validated the submission, they can then send it back to the GitHub repo that was powering the hackathon and then trigger more actions, which was pretty amazing. And quite honestly, um, y'all figured that out for us. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know if I saw any other public uses of that actual feature, repository dispatch, uh, and that flag prior to that. So we were pretty early on the adoption train. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was the key to everything because without the repository dispatch, I don't know if you could have connected the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the one thing that was really appreciated too, as well, at this project, uh, Joseph, when we originally started having the conversation, was the fact that we made this a Jamstack project, mainly because, I mean, for obvious reasons, Jamstack is pretty close to my heart. <laughs> uh, it's the way I think and sort of develop my projects. But being able to have that structure, and leverage essentially 100% of the backend was GitHub. Yeah. So, like, if that wasn't clear, Nuria explained that we had JSON files, and that was how the submissions were presented with the PR being open for the JSON file for the project. Uh, but it was an amazing experience. Like, I was just kind of blown away. We were blown away internally too, because I, I wrote a couple internal posts. We do have a post that's on the CodeGram blog of the whole case study too, as well. So, I do encourage listeners to check out the blog for CodeGram to find out more about that story and figure out um, how we sort of dissected this and made this work. But I'm curious with Joseph, from your sort of, I guess, your high throne as a you know CTO of the and co-founder of the consultancy, how do you see Jamstack uh, and the consultancy side? Are you seeing good adoption for individuals who want their projects shipped pretty quickly and have security and you know speed and all of the above? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've worked in many in many Jamstack projects already, specifically statically generated sites. And one of the reasons I like to point out to the clients is that, that I can guarantee that the site is not going to be brought down. Some people won't believe you. But for example, we, we did a website for the Davis Cup finals, uh, you know, at the tennis tournament. And they were really worried about this possibility, you know, uh, when the event happens, how we make sure that the whole site is not going to be brought down, which is their experience, previous experience with WordPress, for example. Yeah. And yeah, that's one of the, sell, the best selling points you have. Like, it's impossible. You know, it's, it's on a CDN. I mean, you will have to bring down Amazon or something. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Which only Amazon can do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, in general, I mean, uh, from a development standpoint, it's also quicker to get from A to B. You know, deployments are super easy with Netlify or for, uh, with GitHub. Yeah. You know, GitHub pages and whatever. So, in general, you know, the feedback loop, to get something shown to the client is quite short. And that's, if I can add another <laughs> selling reason. Uh, so we can build whole interfaces without having to care about the backend at all with a side generation. We, so we can split teams and work separately in a very effective manner. Yeah. So yeah, there's many reasons we love that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I wonder, um, the engineers at CodeGram, do they specialize in the front end and specialize in the back end, or is there a lot of floating back and forth? We have a bit of everything. You know, people who are more front-end than back-end or people that, are, that hate CSS. I'm not amongst them. I love CSS, <laughs> actually. So, yeah, we have a gradient. But the thing is that everybody knows, I mean, especially with a, with a Jamstack approach, you can build a you know, GraphQL API without having to care about how the data is going to be consumed. Yeah. So usually we put people in one side or another. Some of them, like Nuri, are working on both parts. Yeah, but generally people tend to lean more to a side or the other. Like I, I do both, but I'm more of a front end and someone will be the, the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I would say like this the, the term full stack is quite evolved, even the eight years probably since CodeGram's been around. Uh, because I think the full stack it's knowledge of all parts, but doesn't mean expertise 
in every area. Yeah. I like CSS as well, but I'm not great at it. Like I will, I might take a little too long on certain things. Uh, but that's because I like I like perfection, but also I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, but also, like when it comes to like sort of provisioning like APIs and stuff like that, that's something that I'm just not. I tend to lean on existing frameworks and projects to get that to work for me. I could do it all, but I probably fit more in the middle when it really comes down to it. Like, hand me some Redux layer or some database layer that talking to your UI and make it connect and make the data work. Like, that's really where I sit. But I, I wanted to transition and go back to talking about the difference between Vue and React because you brought a really good comparison of standing up Gridsum and Gatsby. And I think that for those who haven't touched Vue yet, uh, maybe only have done React, like you, you understand the context of Gatsby and Gatsby being very kind of rich with plugins. Uh, I think that's really where their claim is and sort of like where they're sort of cornering the React framework market. So I'm curious, does Gridsub also have a very rich plugin ecosystem as well? Yeah, obviously it's not as big as Gatsby. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's it has enough like to do most projects. Like we've never found like something that we cannot do with Gridsum. We, we also use it for our corporate website. And yeah, there were some like points with like uh, internationalization, but we found a plugin and and then we we contributed to add the missing features that we needed. So yeah, even though it's a smaller community, it's smaller ecosystem. I think it's enough for most projects, and it's also a really good opportunity for contributing to open source because there's a lot to do. Yeah, and people appreciate the help there because it's a small community. So yeah, I, I encourage people to use it and contribute. Yeah, I've seen even some people talking about that there must be a way to make them compatible, you know, Gatsby and Gridsum plugins, because the main abstractions are the same, sources and transformers, you know, data sources and ways to transform that data into HTML or whatever. So yeah, that would be great <laughs> because right now there's a lot of redundancy on the Gatsby and Gridsum ecosystems, you know, Yeah, and it's, it's mostly the same. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I, I think it's just in general in JavaScript, there's a bit of redundancy. And I think as the ecosystem matures, you see things like testing, uh, where there were like a ton of frameworks. Well, first there were zero frameworks. Like I hardly ever heard people talk about JavaScript testing. <laughs> uh, and then we started growing into a place where we had too many of them. And I think now some of the more established ones, the ones that sort of like sort of stood the test of time, uh, and the test of time being like one or two years in JavaScript. Um, now we see the, like the, the go-to ones. And I think the same thing with the data layer. Like when it comes to GraphQL, there's only a couple options that you probably were going to leverage uh, when you're leveraging GraphQL. And I think that's okay. And I think that having a stronger community in one way or the other, uh, it helps because when you don't have to ship the same solutions over and over again, and you can leverage community for like CodeGram, it sounds like you could basically have solved solutions and help power the apps that are essentially making you money as a, as a company, but also the opportunity to give back. Uh, it sounds like a, a win-win, if you ask me. So yeah, I am super pleased with the Gripsam decision, and I am I like Gatsby, and I like how that structure is. Uh, I'm curious of the comparison to Nux, too, as well, because our current project that we're working on today, which will go unnamed, is using Nux. So I'm curious on sort of the structure and how you sort of think through comparing Gripsam to Nux. Yeah, so Next is a way bigger, more established framework. So we tend to choose it for bigger projects, more complex projects. Next can be used for static sites, but also for server-side uh, rendering, which for this current project was something that we were thinking that maybe at some point it would be useful to have. 
and it would be easy to switch from a Jamstack to a server-side generation in case it grew a lot. So yeah, Next uh, offers this way more flexibility. And obviously, well, being more established, it offers a bit more security than a smaller project that you don't know where it's going to be in, in two years. Although I, I really like Gritsum, but I mean, both are, are great for different things. Mm -hmm. One of the interesting things about, about Nuxt nowadays is that they're trying to go a little bit into the Gritsum space. <laughs> yeah. So, interesting. Yeah, so they've released a new way to, to build fully static websites, which it wasn't possible before. You could generate static websites, but then when you switch pages, you would use the client-side navigation, so you would hit the API. And now they, they changed that. So it's more similar to Gritsum than ever. Uh, and some things are really amazing about that. Sometimes not having to deal with GraphQL is a little bit more comfortable, at least if you ask me. <laughs> so yeah, it's, good. it's really interesting to see where they go next and how does Gridsum react. I saw some tweets, actually, from the Gridsum people saying, hey, it's good to see that Nux is catching up with static generation because we were there all along. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, well, if you see like Next, uh, which I think Nux was originally modeled after, which is Next.js. Yeah. They, what, 9.3 was the version earlier this year where they have static generation as part of the feature suite uh, when it comes to the thought of Next. So I think it's very similar. Where It's funny that we can basically compare with the React and Vue ecosystem with yeah. like two different projects in each one of them. But like Next and Gatsby tend to get compared a lot. And so it seems like Next is also entering the Gatsby space yeah. uh, when you start thinking about static generation. I actually just built a, a Next app last week for a, a Stripe store to sell stickers. Uh, I'd give the URL, but I'm not confident of the way I've set it up, so I might have to redo it. So I'll share it next episode. But what I'm getting at is that it was pretty seamless to be able to ship it to Vercel and have it on now uh, as a server-rendered app, but then also take it to Netlify pretty easily just by using a different command. So uh, I'm a big fan of using one one solution to do my statically generated sites, but also if I need a server, or if I, the cool thing about Vercel is that you could also do functions as well. I'm not sure when they shipped that, but you could also leverage functions to power your JavaScript as well. It's built within the product, which is quite amazing. But yeah, I'm all for growing of the ecosystem, growing of the space, enhancing the jam as well. That's uh, one thing I'm also a big fan of. Uh, I'm curious, is there anything else uh, you all want to talk about before we transition the, the picks? Well, just to mention that what I think Gridsome or Gatsby are really cool about is when you actually want to deal with files and you want your data to come from files, or even if you want to mix from APIs and, and files, and you can create your own custom taxonomies to, to relate those different pieces of information in a way that with Next or with Next would be, I think, harder. And yeah. Gritsum just gives you the tools to, to do that. Like we built a blog uh, for our site and we are able to link with tags and with these tags, we match with the case studies and all of those are just markdown files and they are all related to one another without actually having to create like, I don't know how I would do that with Next. Yeah, a, a database or something, I guess maybe even JSON maybe, uh, which is not as nice. But yeah, I, I agree. We actually completely like overlapped that thought too as well. The idea of the structure, like when you think of like a marketing site that maybe is going to have like basically hackathon.com 
though I wouldn't call it a marketing site, it basically is, where it only has the three different pages. And those three different pages is going to be static content that perhaps a marketing team was is going to go in there and update markdown files to edit that copy. I think that's actually powered by YAML. But regardless, if it's low-changing interactions for a site, it makes sense to reach for a gridsome. Uh, if you want to power some things with the server and have that all in-house within the repo, maybe Nux sounds like a, a thing to reach for. Yeah. Like If I was building github.com, I would not choose gridsome. I'd probably choose Nuxt. So maybe if that distinction is helpful for people. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, totally. Excellent. Yeah. So I'm going to transition us to Jampix. I appreciate the conversation around Gridsub and even like spilling into the Nuxt and talking about Next. And uh, hopefully I'm enunciating that properly, Nuxt and Next, because those are way too close of words. Yeah. <laughs> we have lots of listeners across the globe. So I haven't got a lot of complaints on my American accent, but uh, we'll see. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely uh, tweet at me. If I can add something about this Nuxt and Next thing, I actually tried to start the project with Next after working with Nuxt for quite a while. And I found it really frustrating. It, it looks to me like it lags a little bit behind Nuxt, you know, the new version. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It feels to me like uh, Nuxt is way more polished and like well thought than Next, which sometimes it takes you like to this path where you have to actually spin up, uh, I think it's Express to do root and whatever. I mean, it's a little bit more confusing to me at least. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I've not uh, really dug into Nuxt too deeply, other than the project that we're currently working on. But I, I'm intrigued that I might actually pick my next project, a yeah. uh, little side project doing Nux just to compare for myself. <laughs> uh, and also encourage the listeners uh, as a nice little exercise. Let us know which version of Nux Next do you like. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, I hope I don't get hate for this. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, I felt it was worth mentioning. Yeah. Yeah. Please, all hot takes to Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get this feeling a lot with Vue in general and, and all the. Oh, yeah. Um, with Gridsome and all the pieces of view, like since they are usually built later, I mean, React ecosystem always leads the way and then view maybe follows behind. I mean, it also goes ahead with other things. I, I don't mean it as a bad thing, but it actually helps it being more polished, I think, and, and gathering the good ideas from the React ecosystem and improving on them. So I get this feeling a lot in general, working with view. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think that the the way that React started, probably like with a functional mindset, compositional, wherever, it tends to create more chaos than Vue, that it's more ergonomics first. You know, for me, like, and I love React. React Native is amazing, and there's lots of things out there that make React really powerful, but it feels like the far west to me sometimes. Like everything, it's, yeah, you know, it holds together really a little bit poorly, <laughs> while in, in the Vue ecosystem, like, Everything is straightforward, I think. <laughs> it's easier to grasp. Yeah, I give it things like um, handling like a JWT and passing that through the app uh, and making sure I have access to, like, am I logged in on this page or not? That can be challenging in React, especially because it, it seems like the ecosystems kind of moved away from things like Redux, which kind of made that easy, but Redux was a big lift to opt into. And like I have done many of talks on how I produce apps and eventually add Redux because I always push it off for the end. But with like with Vuex, it seems like it's just kind of embedded in the idea of Vue, and it, it kind of sits real nice. And you don't need to take an entire engineering week to <laughs> yeah. to make sure that yeah. that Vuex is going to work. Uh, which is like not a knock against React, and I know we're all dancing around <laughs> trying not to start a framework war in the conversation. <laughs> no, but it's actually pretty like relevant too as well because I think. Uh, in business, uh, at least in American business, their uh, second mover advantage is a term that people 
kind of sight a lot, uh, which is basically the first person basically just figures it out, but then the second person gets to figure out how to do it faster and better. <laughs> so not that like React is doing everything wrong, but I think React uh, definitely does feel like more of like a, if I was a pure JavaScript person and I like to use the map function to iterate over my list, then that's that's ideal. Like I think React's great if you want to learn JavaScript really well, mostly. Like maybe you might learn some bad things, but mm-hmm. other than JSX, it doesn't really put a lot of stuff in front of your JavaScript code. And I would say the same thing with Vue too as well. It just, it's a different flavor. And I think we've sort of elevated and identified different reasons to choose one or the other. And it really comes down to like community and participation and being able to have access to to tools as well. But uh, yeah, that was a great little spurt of conversation too as well. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. There's Vue three around the corner, so uh, just keep an eye on it. I think it's like a couple of weeks. Yeah. Until they release the final version, and they borrowed a lot of, lot of ideas from React. So uh, yeah, worth checking out as well. Excellent. All right, so I now will transition us to picks. Uh, these are jam picks, things that we're jamming on that keep us going. Could be music, food, uh, whatever related. I am going to give one pick, uh, actually two picks. First pick is going to be Sam Selikoff. Sam has a YouTube channel. I highly recommend it. He just started, I think, since COVID shelter in place started. And it's excellent content. Sam is somebody I know from Ember, Ember being the JavaScript front-end framework. He did a lot of work there. He built a, a project uh, called Mirage, which is a really cool tool for mocking your data for testing. So check out Mirage. Check out Sam's uh, YouTube channel as well. And then I just want to give a quick pick, which I'd actually given this pick tons of episodes ago. But the Morning Bun is like one of the my favorite things right now. My bakery shut down during the early parts of Shelter in Place and has reopened, and they provide morning buns, which if you don't want to know what a morning bun is, this Google morning bun, San Francisco morning bun. They're amazing. It's like kind of like a croissant and churro mixed together. That's probably a horrible example, but just Google it. Those are my picks. Uh, how about Nuria? Do you have a, a pick? Yeah, it's actually nothing new, but the other day I rewatched The Matrix. And yeah, it's a 20-year-old movie. But I, I recently watched uh, an interview uh, with Lily Wachowski, and she was explaining that the Matrix is, in fact, a trans allegory. And I never thought about that. And, and then I started reading about that and then watched the movie and from that point of view. And it was really interesting because, I mean, I had watched it several times, but it never occurred to me that it could be about that. And yeah, it was really eye-opening. And the movie has aged very well. It's 20 years old and it doesn't doesn't look like it. So I recommend to do that. Awesome. Yeah, I've got a lot of free time these days. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna, actually, with that lens, I would love to watch it again and just like sort of pick it apart. Yeah. Also, you said there was an interview or a documentary. Uh, is that linkable somewhere? Yeah, it was an interview. It's on YouTube. I, I will send you a link. Okay, excellent. Yeah, I'll put that. Hopefully, I'll make it in the show notes as well. Uh, Joseph, do you have a, a pick as well? <laughs> Can I do a technical pick? Yes, go for it. <laughs> I was willing to, to pick LifeView. <laughs> LifeView is a, is a library on top of Phoenix and Elixir, which is actually the exact opposite I can think of to anything Jamstack related. <laughs> okay, excellent. It's a highly uh, stateful backend thing where you store your component states, your view component states on the backend. So it's exactly at the other end of the spectrum. So. Oh, it's inverted. Yeah, and I think it's, it's worth checking it out, yeah. Yeah, super interesting. 
Okay, excellent. Yeah, it sounds like the backend developers are trying to take back some of their uh, <laughs> their turf. It, it is exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a war happening. <laughs> excellent. Well, uh, before that war starts, uh, let's just slide out of this. And uh, I just want to thank you again, Josep and Naria, uh, for coming and chatting about Vue and Gridsum and kind of having a, a really good conversation on sort of comparing that even to React as well towards the end. So definitely appreciate it. Everybody can check out your your work on CodeGram, uh, find you on the internet, and listeners keep spreading the jam. That's all the time we have for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library. It's packed with amazing talks on sales, marketing, product, and general management from founders of developer tools companies and other industry leaders. 